kids are naturally so curious about the world around them. They want to know why. They ask why constantly. You know, my personal mission is let's hold on to that because, you know, somewhere along the way, we kind of tend to forget that. So I really want kids to remember as they get older and to remind the adults around them and everybody else around them that the world is amazing. Welcome to Dad Splaining, a weekly chronicle of all the weirdest, messiest, grossest, and funniest parts of fatherhood hosted by two first-time dads. My name is Jesse, and my co-host Brandon has the week off, but today I will be speaking with Shelby Lees. Shelby is the senior editor at National Geographic Kids Books, and she is also the author of a really cool book that we want to share with y'all that is called The Coolest Stuff on Earth, A Closer Look, and Shelby, correct me if I get the subtitle wrong, but A, a Closer Look at All of the Weird, Wild, and Wonderful things on earth. I've totally messed that up, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll get into it and we're going to have some fun with it. Before we get started, I just want to remind y'all as we do every week that if you'd like to reach out to us with questions or comments, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to search for Dadsplaining. We also have a parenting group on Facebook, Dadsplaining a Parenting Group. It's not just for dads. Moms are welcome too. Great place to ask questions, relate to other parents, share stupid parenting memes, all that fun stuff. And if you enjoy the show week after week, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe to the podcast on your podcasting platform and leave us a rating, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It's a really easy and really good way to help us uh, sort of extend our reach and connect with more parents. And we'd be eternally grateful if you did. I'm not gonna waste any time today. I'm gonna get right into this episode. We are, as I said, live with Shelby Lee. Shelby, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. We are really excited to have you on the show today. So we are going to be talking about this book, The Coolest Stuff on Earth. But before we get into it, I want to focus on the fact that you're also the senior editor at Nat Geo Kids Books. So there are a lot of books that go past, you know, your eyes on your desk in your day-to-day job. Um, How did you get into this field and what was it about kids books specifically that kind of made you want to go in that direction? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have always loved learning, you know, as a kid, actually, uh, a lot of times my bedtime story was the encyclopedia. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, I I would pick out a volume and, you know, get to pick like three entries that would be considered my bedtime story. Uh, So I've always loved learning and I knew I wanted a career um, in learning. So um, I actually started in educational publishing. I started with uh, creating classroom materials uh, you know, for teachers to be used in classrooms, which actually brought me to Nat Geo to the uh, school publishing department. And then I said, you know, uh, we know so much in educational publishing about how kids learn. And in trade publishing, that's, you know, books that you go buy in a bookstore on Amazon. We know so much about what people want to learn. You know, let's let's do both together. And so I joined the kids team, uh, the kids books team, so that we could bring you all kinds of awesome books that everybody will learn from and be fascinated by and that we working on the books are always fascinated by. That's fantastic. And, you know, I mean, as a kid growing up, like National Geographic is, I mean, it's, you know, one of the biggest, like in your mind, in terms of educational things that are also interesting, like everyone had the magazines and books in their classrooms growing up and the doctor's offices. And it was always something because what I love so much, and we've had a Nat Geo Kids author on the podcast before. And what I've said is what I love so much about 
these uh, books and collections is the visual element. They're all very visually focused. There's a lot of full color photographs, lots of detail and really interesting photos too, not just kind of your dull stock photos. Like it's real in your face, kind of cool nature stuff. Um, and I, I don't know, it's just, I, I think for kids, especially, you know, who are hesitant to pick up a textbook or something that's full of just words and read. Uh, we recently did a podcast episode about how hard it can be to get kids excited for reading. Something that has an interesting visual component to that, I, I think is really, really helpful in you know getting them excited about education, I guess. Is that something that's on your mind sort of when you're putting books like this together? Oh, absolutely. You know, as you said, we are National Geographic. We're known for our visuals. And you know, when we put together a book like this, we have a really talented team. We have um, writers, outside writers, we have researchers and fact checkers, and we have photo researchers and editors who comb, you know, the world for the most amazing photography. And, um, you know, actually that's part of the process of how we figure out what goes into the book. Is that when I'm reviewing the outlines from the writers, I send it to my photo editor and they go through the outline and they'll, you know, go through and they'll mark no photos, no photos, can't get a good photo. Um, or conversely, sometimes they'll say, hey, I just found the most amazing photo. Can we fit this in the book? And we'll be like, sure, cool. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that. So, you know, the visuals are a tremendous part of it. And they're part of what makes these books a success because, you know, you want to flip through them and those photos are going to catch your eye. And, you know, whether it's a dog shaking water off of its fur or, you know, illustrations of Vikings, you know, something in there is going to catch your eye. That's awesome. And, you know, and that's especially true in this specific book that we're talking about today, uh, the, the coolest stuff on earth. Um, so, and, and remind me again, the subtitle for that, because I know I got it wrong before. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna have to look at it too. Um, <laughs> the weird, a closer look at the weird, wild, and wonderful. You were close. I mean, you, yeah. you got the gist of it. It's, mm -hmm. it is honestly the weirdest, wildest, and most wonderful stuff on earth. That's awesome. It's actually a really close match for the subtitle for our podcast about the weirdest, grossest, messiest, and funniest parts of fatherhood. Um, yeah, I mean, because that's what kids are. They are weird, wild, and wonderful. Uh, and, you know, yeah. it just, so it seems like a, a perfect match. So um, the first thing that struck me about this book is that it's not just about one thing, you know, like we've had books that are just about the animal kingdom or just about science or plant life. This is a little of everything like it goes from interesting architectural structures to human behavior to why you know sloths have ecosystems of uh, bugs and gross stuff you know living in their fur it's a little bit of everything and I think that's really interesting what made you uh, decide that this was a good idea to do sort of a catch-all instead of uh, another you know very subject specific book yeah well you know we have books that are very subject specific you know you know, kids are super into dolphins or they are super into science or dogs or whatever it is. But, you know, there are also kids and adults, frankly, um, because this book is awesome for adults too. You know, I, I caught my husband reading over my shoulder the other day when I had the book open preparing and he was like, whoa, what, what? I'm like, do you want, do you want to just read it? You know, here you go. Uh, <laughs> 
so, you know, in this book, we really, we wanted to cover everything. We've got sports, we've got nature, we've got science and animals. Um, is it structures around the world? We've got um, an interview with a man whose job it is to train the spiders, the real life spiders that appear in movies. Oh, wow. um, yeah, there, there's everything, <laughs> everything in here because you never know what's going to catch your interest at any moment. And, you know, we really wanted this to be a book that, you know, you could just kind of leave sitting out, you know, a coffee table book, if you will, that you can mm -hmm. just flip through. And, you know, some of them are short snippets, just, you know, a sentence or two, here's the fact. Some of them, we go a little bit deeper into a couple paragraphs about what's going on. And, you know, they're shareable, snackable facts. So just whatever at that moment catches your attention, you know, you're going to sit down, you're going to want to read it. And then you're going to come back to the book later and find something completely different. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, just being a, a dad of a three-year-old, I know that their interests change so frequently. Like, you know, one week he'll be super into dogs and we'll be walking around the house on all fours and barking constantly. And the next week he only wants to watch and read stuff about trains and play with trains. Like it changes. And that's, what's cool with a book like this is that it, because it does cover everything, it's something that like you said you can pick up you know day after day week after week and flip to something new that's going to keep your interest um one of the struggles of parenthood is uh keeping up with those interests as they change like i i might for my son's second birthday buy a bunch of stuff that's about cars when he's interested in cars, but then three weeks later, he has completely dropped cars and he's never looking back and like, okay, well, great. I just spent $200 on all these toys, but with, you know, with a book like this, it really is about everything. It's something that I think you can keep around the house or, you know, wherever you choose to put it and month after month, year after year, it's still fresh and interesting because it is about a little bit of everything. And, you know, especially interesting for the kids because, Sometimes kids are more interested in the gross stuff. Like it's more uh, easy, you know, more easy, gosh, easier to get them interested in something when there's that sort of gross out aspect. Um, there are little things like I, I mentioned earlier with sloths, how they have all kinds of bugs living in their fur. And some of those uh, bugs like the sloth moth, uh, as I learned, um, when they're in the larva phase, they eat poop. And, yeah. you know, that's a gross out fact, but kids um, are going to pick that up and go, ew, and then want to tell their friends that, and then want to look at all the close-up photos. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a conscious decision to make sure to include some of the, you know, oh, kind is. of stuff, but <laughs> I, I think it's definitely effective. It is, you know, yeah, gross gets you. Um, you know, I actually just worked on a book that went on sale this past summer called Ick, and it, um, it is all of the grossest animal facts on earth. And I'm telling you, I made the mistake of reading that manuscript in that book so many times over lunch, you know, because, you know, I'm sitting at my desk and, you know, eating, working. And I find myself I'm like, what, why? Why did I just open this? Because it is disgusting, but it's fascinating. Um, so, you know, like you said, on the sloths, there's a species of moth that only lives on sloths and you know its entire life cycle is dependent on the sloth um and because like you said the uh, larvae eat the sloth poop and the adults eat the algae that live on the sloth and so these moths would not survive anywhere else because they're completely dependent you know we also have um, a fact in here about a street lamp that runs on dog poop 
and it's in a dog park and you clean up your dog poop and you put it in this little generator and it lights a street lamp. So, you know, it's gross, but it also sparks your interest. And, you know, I always say you never know what you don't know. And, you know, that one fact about, you know, actually there are a lot of animals that eat poop. Um, (laughs) Quite quite a lot, actually. Uh, Baby Uh pandas eat poop. Uh, Baby koalas eat poop. There's a lot. Um, I think they're so cute until you (laughs) peel back the cover. (laughs) Right? And you're like, oh, well, okay. Uh, But, you know, that might spark your interest in something. And, you know, maybe your kid surely change interest every week, but maybe for that week, they're learning about sloths and they Mm -hmm. want to know everything about sloths because of that one fact. And that's what caught their interest. And so that's their jumping off point and where they, you want to learn more. So, oh yeah, we absolutely make a point of including the grossness in there. Yeah. And that's actually funny. You mentioned Ick. We had the author of that book, Melissa Stewart on our podcast uh, a couple months back and had a really interesting conversation um, about all those really cool gross out facts. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to, because I said before, you are the senior editor at Nat Geo Kids Books and you also, um, I I guess, is author the right term for a book like this where you're really putting all the facts together and everything? Am I saying that right? Well, so I was the editor of the book. Yeah, so we do work with uh, writers for a book like this. Um, mm-hmm. We'll generally hire one or two writers to work on it. And um, so they'll, they're the ones who are, you know, kind of mining for the facts. Sometimes we'll provide them with facts saying, you know, please include these. Um, so generally, you know, an idea starts in-house for a book like this. We hire the writers. They start producing. Uh, we work, as I said, with um, teams of incredibly talented researchers who fact check everything. Um, also who bring us facts because mm-hmm. it's their whole job to research things. Yeah. So, you know, they'll send us like, hey, I just found this, I just found this. And we keep a list of everything. Um, yeah, so then I, I, I work very closely with the writers to help figure out what it is we want in the book. Um, they physically write it. I go through the manuscript several times with them to really hone it and you know, get the wording just right, you know, up the ick factor when we can or the cool factor um, and work with them to get the text right. I also work with the photo editors to make sure we're getting the right photos for everything. Um, and then the designers I work with to make sure we're putting it all together in the most interesting and um, eye-catching way. That so really I, cool. I oversee kind of the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. So are, are there, are there writers that will focus specifically on these interesting subjects? Like, is there an author that is just all about animal city poop or something? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure you'd get very far if that was your only yeah. specialty, Sure. but um, you know, there are writers who are, are really great at this kind of fun fact type book Mm -hmm. Uh, you know some writers are really really good at you know kind of longer narratives they really need that text to to get their voice and their information some of them are really fantastic at like the short snappy it's actually a lot harder than you might think to really get the wording just right because it can be a really fascinating fact but if you're kind of weighing it down with too many words or too much explanation, you're losing that fun part of it. Mm-hmm, so it's a it's definitely a skill to be able to say, okay, here's you know the most important kernel of this information. Here it is in one sentence, you know, boom, I've got you. 
That's fantastic. Um, okay, so this is something that I was going to wait till the end to bring up, but actually, it's I wanted to ask this now because the funny thing is, um, and folks listening on the audio version of this podcast, you aren't seeing this, but visually, Shelby and I are talking over Zoom, and we've both got the virtual backgrounds on because we're both recording from home, of course, in the midst of the the pandemic, and we don't really want to show uh, share our personal spaces with the world. Um, I want to know this year, how your job kind of working with all these writers and photographers and researchers, how is it different to put together a book like this when you're doing it virtually and remotely? That is a great question. Um, you know, Zoom has been really important. Actually, what's really fun is we work with writers all over the world, actually. Um, and usually it's over email or phone calls, but because everyone has moved to video conferencing, I actually have a lot more kind of face-to-face -face meetings uh, with my teams than I used to, which is pretty cool. Um, the biggest change for us is that at Nat Geo, we use kind of an old school process, um, which is very based in kind of the magazine tradition where we, <laughs> We still print out, you know, our books um, when they're in process on paper and we look at them on paper and we pass them around. And we also um, do what's called putting them up on the wall, which is from the magazine tradition. And you have these hooks literally on the wall and you hang up the entire book or the entire magazine page by page, side by side. So you're seeing the entire thing flat in front of you, which is not really a typical way to work on books. And when you read a book, you're not seeing the entire book laid out in front of you. You're seeing page by page, but you actually, you get a really different perspective on the book when you do that, because all of a sudden you could see, you know, visually like, oh, you know, this section, the text is really dense. And this section, we have more subheads or, oh my gosh, we actually have like a hundred photos of dogs in this book, which we hadn't realized. Um, or, you know, even down to like, you know, this section actually looks, visually looks more interesting than this section. Let's move it around. Let's start with this section. And so you see that in a way when you're looking at the whole book flat uh, that you don't really see when you're flipping through it. So that's kind of been the biggest change is we don't have the opportunity to do that anymore. So, you know, we've gotten creative with, um, with digital, you know, um, you, you can like preview in Adobe, which it's not meant for actually like looking at the pages. It's supposed to be so you can scroll through and find the page you want, but we use that function a lot. So we're like, okay, let's, let's look at the tiny thumbnails of the whole book so that we can see it kind of laid out. Um, but mostly because we work with such a virtual team anyway, a lot of that hasn't changed. You know, we're still on the phone and we're still on Zoom and we're still on email talking with our teams pretty constantly. Um, biggest difference is that my cat usually joins the Zoom call. <laughs> I know what that's like. Trying to do a Zoom call from home is really interesting because like for me, like I'm balancing, you know, my spouse is on her conference calls and I've got my dog barking in the background and my son's in daycare right now, but when he's home, that's a challenge in and of itself. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a whole new world, but it's, it's at the same time, there are some things that don't change, you know, like having sort of the virtual face to face and being able to share things visually. Um, I, I think like, you know, sort of the same principles apply. Um, so my next question is, um, uh, being in a position like yours in a job where, uh, your whole sort of focus is on, um, kids books and getting kids excited about education. What is, 
I don't know exactly how to ask this, but what is your particular sort of philosophy about this? Like, what is your goal when you're putting these books together? Do you have a long-term vision of like, I want to see a world where kids get fired up about reading? Is it about, you know, kids finding things that interest them and exploring that niche? Like, what are you hoping to get out of this with books like this? Yeah, curiosity is the basis of it. And, you know, kids are naturally so curious about the world around them. They, you know, they want to know why. They ask why constantly. They want to know everything. And, you know, my personal mission is let's hold on to that because, you know, somewhere along the way, we kind of tend to forget that, you know, we, you know, I think schools have done an amazing job in the past few years kind of holding on to that sense of curiosity. But, you know, when you've got homework that you've got to do, and, you know, as an adult, you're at work all the time, you tend to lose that curiosity. So I really want kids to remember as they get older, and to remind the adults around them and everybody else around them that the world is amazing. Uh, you know, we have facts in this book that are, are based on super mundane things, like the fact that a dog can shake off a pound of water in less than a second. You know, if you sit next to a wet dog, you know that it shakes and you're like, ah, I'm soaking yep. wet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to stop and say, you know, okay, how much water is coming off this dog? Um, actually, they can get their skin moving. Their skin is very loosely attached to their spine. And so they get it torquing and moving um, at, at 12 times Earth gravity to get that water to completely shake off. Okay, I missed so, that one. I got to go back and reread. <laughs> right? So, you know, that's amazing. And that's something that happens in the world around us all the time. So, you know, the more we can kind of hold on to that curiosity throughout our entire lives, I think the more joy we find in our everyday lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, even like you said, extending that into adulthood, you mentioned at the beginning how your husband was looking over your shoulder as you were, you know, putting the book together and finding interesting facts. This is something that I think parents and kids can look at together and both really get something out of. I know that, especially in the toddler phase where I am right now, you end up reading a lot of books to your kid that, you know, you know, there's value in it, you know, they're learning something and getting a good story out of it, and they're enjoying it. But sometimes those kids books are very... I want to say dull for the adults, you know? Um, so it helps to have something like this that is interesting. And last week, Brandon, my co-host and I had an episode about getting kids excited about reading. And one tip that we found online was, you know, don't, don't forget like your non-traditional, like don't stick to just fictional narrative books, you know, literature like that. Look into magazines, look into, you know, periodicals and nonfiction and stuff like that, because there's really interesting stuff there that, you might think, well, you know, that's a little too educational. Maybe he won't be, no, they'll be interested, like give them a chance. And I think that this is just one example of that, you know, where you might not think it's story time when your kid is four years old at the end of the night, well, maybe, you know, I'll pick up uh, a book like this, you know, the coolest stuff on earth and read them some facts. I just want to read them a bedtime story. This might be an interesting way to go. That'll also help you kind of get in engaged and interested in the process, because I think parents do a better job of parenting when they're engaged and tuned in and having a good time with it. And I, you know, parents, if you guys are, if the well's running dry for you, you know, on your kid's bookshelf, this might kind of be the book to sort of spice it up and get you interested in it so that you're reading 
in a more engaged focused way and having a better time. And then your kid's going to have a better time too. Um, so I don't know, that's just my personal review of the book, having read what I've read of it, which isn't the whole thing. Admittedly, I'm going to go back and, uh, and finish it off. Um, so tell me, is this, and I think I missed the release date on this. Is this a book that you guys have on the shelves now, or is it coming up? Uh, this is on sale now. You can find it wherever books are sold. You know, check out your local indie or wherever you buy books. And it should be there. Awesome. Okay. So folks, once again, this is Shelby Lees, the senior editor at Nat Geo Kids Books and the com uh, com compendium. Wow. I don't know how to say what <laughs> I was trying to say there, but who has brought us the coolest stuff on earth. Shelby, before we let you go today, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, we are a podcast that speaks to parents who are a lot of times first time parents, parents of newborns, infants, toddlers, that kind of thing. So reading is sort of a new frontier for a lot of us. Um, what advice, if any, would you have to uh, get kids kind of interested, even at an early age, in the idea of reading? Well, you know, I think you touched on it. When the parents are having fun and enjoying and engaged, the kids totally can, you know, they feel that they pick that up and they know when you're bored reading a book, they may still ask you to read the same book like a thousand times, but they know mm -hmm. that you're bored. So the more interested and engaged you are, you know, pick books that you're interested in and share those with your kids so that you're modeling for them how much fun it can be to read. And also, as you said, too, you know, there's actually research showing that a lot of kids actually prefer nonfiction to fiction. Um, so don't forget about that. You know, there's a ton of really great nonfiction, even narrative nonfiction that reads like a story out there. Uh, check those out because your kids are still curious about everything in the world. So help them explore it. I love it. Do you guys have anything uh, coming up on the horizon that we should be excited about looking for on the shelves? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we talked about Ick, which was personally one of my favorites this year. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's a little bit older for your um, than your audience is, but I'm working on a fantastic series right now, um, a middle grade fiction, uh, fact, big fiction series called Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad. And it's actually by Valerie Tripp, who was um, the co-creator of the American Girl books. Okay. So, you know, parents out there, you probably all remember American Girl dolls. And so mm -hmm. she is working with us to write this middle grade series about a bunch of super brainy, independent girls who solve mysteries in their middle school. And it's super fun. So um, book one just came out. So check that out, too. I love it. Um, where can our listeners follow along with Nat Geo Kids Online? Are you guys out on social media? Are there, you know, Instagram pages that we could follow, that kind of thing? Yeah, the best place is actually the Nat Geo Kids website, um, kids.nationalgeographic.com. And we've got videos and articles and quizzes and games, you know, tons of great, if you're going to have screen time, it's a great place to start. Fantastic. I love it. So folks, you heard it from Shelby. That's where you can go. Once again, Shelby Lees, thank you so much for joining us today for giving us this half hour to talk. This was a lot of fun. And as you guys continue to release books into the future, we would love to have you back to talk about them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. So folks, that's our time today. Thanks again to Shelby Lees and National Geographic Kids Books for joining us today to talk about this book, The Coolest Stuff on Earth. You can find that wherever books are sold. And we are gonna have some links in the show notes to where you can find it online and keep up with Shelby and Nat Geo Kids uh, online as well. 
So we will be back next week with another topic or interview for you. We are kind of winging it week to week here in the midst of the pandemic. It's a little hard to put a plan together, but we will be here. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to search Dadsplaining a Fatherhood Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Dadsplaining a Parenting Group, and subscribe to us on your podcasting platforms. You can get these podcasts every week. You don't have to worry about going in and downloading them manually. Uh, Monday morning is usually when we put these out there sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit later in the week, especially here around the holidays when things are so busy. But we are here for you. We love hearing from you. Please reach out to us with questions, comments, things you're worried about, things you want to hear us talk about, if you have a story of your own that you want to share. And I don't think I included this before, but our email address is dadsplainingpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a message uh, wherever, on social or on email, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Jesse, and I'm going to leave you with a dad joke to annoy your family members. Uh, what is a farmer's favorite kind of car? A cattle lack. And you have to say it really slow like that, a cattle lack, or else they, they won't groan the way that they're supposed to groan. All right, folks, thanks for listening. The advice and opinions expressed on Dadsplaining are solely those of its hosts and guests and should not be substituted for the advice of professionals. If you have a serious concern about the health or development of your child, please consult with your pediatrician. If you're experiencing an emergency, please call 911. Don't listen to us. We're really just good for dad jokes. If you're enjoying dad explaining, you might enjoy this other podcast from our friends here at WSB Radio. Hello, friends. This is Jared Yamamoto from the Power Pod, and we are a weekly recap show where we cover the current events of the week. And of course, during these times, COVID 19 is on everybody's mind. We will cover the good, the bad, and the ugly regarding this crisis. We will be serious with the coronavirus, but we will also find ways to have fun with it as well. So be sure to check us out Saturdays from 11 to noon and Sunday mornings from 9 to 11 on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU or grab the PowerPod podcast on any of your favorite podcast providers or your favorite smart speaker.